Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network presented to you by BetMGM. My name is Michael Leboff. Joining me in just a second is my co-host, Nick Martin. Uh, In this episode, we will go over the upcoming Game 3s, which will be on Friday and Saturday, and maybe give some thoughts on kind of just some strategies to leave you with for for Sunday, because we won't be recording uh, over the weekend, uh, and then we will catch up with you again uh, with a recording on Sunday night for Monday morning. Uh, With that out of the way, though, let's get right to it. We'll start, as we have the past two episodes, with the Hurricanes and Islanders. Uh, The series shifts back to Long Island with the Canes up 2-0, uh, and game three lined as a straight pick over under once again, a five and a half with juice on the under it's, I think most people would agree that the, the, the fair score line coming back to long Island here would probably be one, one, uh, but that's not how it works in this sport. Sometimes just, you don't get any of the breaks. The Islanders have really struggled to get one uh, in this series so far. I did like what I saw out of them basically from the middle of the first period of game one on uh, through game two, they've played well. They've hung with the hurricanes. They've lost two, one goal games, one in overtime dubiously. uh, And the other one where they didn't allow a five on five goal. So everything's pointing to the Islanders, but it's also just tells you that, you know, this, this Carolina hurricanes team is, is their masters at just gumming things up, sticking around. And uh, you just could do that here on the road. So I'll be at the game. Uh, I would say that if, if I had to make a bet here, it would be on the Islanders and almost would think if you do like the Islanders in game three to maybe take a peek at the series price uh, for a comeback. But because with margins like this, they're so thin. If if the Islanders catch the, the next two breaks or something, we could be looking at a, a completely different series. So uh, those are my thoughts here, but I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, I played the second I saw a plus 100 on this game, I jumped in. Because I just I think it's gonna be at worst a coin flip for the Isles, but I like the way it's setting up. It's hard to go down three. I think they they've got a legitimate home ice advantage, as you know, which I don't typically rate too much. But Carolina's kind of shown that they're better at home. 
under Rod. I think the same with the Isles. With Teravine and out, their scoring's getting, you know, pretty thin. So for me, it's just, it's a bit of a spot thing. It's a bit of a feel thing. But I, I think with what they showed in the first two games, it, it, I, I do like their chances a lot here. And I, I would still play it at minus 110, just a little, little smaller. The Bruins and Panthers split in Boston. Patrice Bergeron. Does anybody know if he traveled? Jim Montgomery said they don't know if he, he he doesn't know yet if Bergeron was going to travel with the team. He skated this morning uh, and then they flew down to Florida. And I guess nobody found out if he was traveling with the team. Uh, I'm assuming he's out. Bruins minus 155 for a game three Panthers plus 135 over under six. I guess it's some, like the question here is the, the, the Panthers have been really good, but as, as it is just at some point, Alex Lyon going to really struggle. I mean, he showed some signs of it in game one, but then rebounded with a decent game two showing and uh, Linus Allmark struggled in goal for the Bruins. But I would, I would have liked a bigger number on Florida. If I want, if I was going to play him, I'm not going to, but, like, I, I think, like I think an over, like a Bruins team total over some Bruins goal scorers would be interesting here because I just I, at some point Lions gotta fall off. Yeah, I I would agree with that. It's, oh, I mean he looks pretty loud in his net. He's fairly awkward. I think that maybe some of the Bruins grade A chances are getting underrated a little bit, but it's been crazy through this series. Cause I thought game one, we were kind of making the case. It was probably 50 50. And then that the Bruins have their obvious goaltending edge, which is always going to stand. And that that kind of made them a bit of a, made the Panthers a little live in game two, I guess. Well, the Panthers played a lot better in game two, I thought. Um, and I know in a small sample analytics, aren't that much, but they now own 62% of the expected goals in this series which is pretty insane because even if you're going to say like some of those Bruins two on ones and stuff were maybe a little underrated by that data, that is still like a crazy mark. And I thought it kind of showed that way. And even like, even still the Panthers had the two breakaways, the two on one, that weird Listerine in play where he was kind of all alone out front for a while. So it's, it's looked like they're pretty live. I'm almost a little mad where like the sports books are already moving the price to so much. It seems like they're kind of respecting the way the games have gone, I think. Um, so I don't really have much on this, this game three, because it seems like one where you're, yeah. I don't know, maybe you're just trying to guess like if Boston. And that's what I was doing. I'm thinking like a, level. Like a guessing like that at some point, if line line just going to be overrated at some point by the market and, Hopefully, when the floodgates open, they open big, and that's why I right. Like and that does look kind of like where I'd say is probably a better bet. Um, that the goals will come. Yeah, and that, so however you want to do that, if the winner is. Yeah, yeah, because I it's... think Florida offensively is looking pretty good. They're giving them mm-hmm. some problems, and obviously the Bergeron loss sucks. But yeah, yeah, I think that's a decent angle for sure. Uh, Stars and Wild are split too. Uh, Wild won game one. <laughs> Double overtime on the back of Philip Gustafson, who didn't play in game two. They went with Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, he didn't play all that well. The stars were really good, though. I don't. I mean, part of it was on Fleury, but the stars were full full marks for that win. Dallas is a minus one fifteen favorite on the road in Minnesota. Uh, the over under is five and a half. You and I are going to probably be on the both sides, uh, the same side here, which is Dallas, even as a as a slight road favorite. 
Yeah, I, I think what I'm going to do is just a little play on Dallas in game three, see how it goes, and then if maybe, maybe do another little uh, play in game four or slightly bigger play, because I, I think they'll get a split. It seems like they're just maybe about to take this uh, series over. The wild center depth has become quite an issue, and it just seems like it's going to be hard for them to fully control the stars at even strength with uh, really what what they have down the middle. So I think it's a good play looking at the stars to to win in this one. And yeah, you kind of touched on it. I don't think the result in game two would have been different with Flurry out of the net, but it was kind of a disastrous start. Obviously, we know Gustafsson starting this game. I think everyone was pretty puzzled with that one. And yeah. Edmonton and Los Angeles also split in Edmonton. The Oilers blew another two-goal lead in game two, but were able to rescue themselves from uh, what would have been an absolute disaster with a, a victory in game two. They're minus 140 on the road. Kings plus 120. Uh, the over-under is six and a half. Leon Dreisaitl had another monster game, and I think it's almost worth just grabbing a little 30-1 to one on him to win the Conn Smythe because even if, like, McDavid's going to catch up to him at some point if the or cl- come close to it, but he's already off to such a you know a good start. He's got a four-point head start on McDavid that if he continues to kind of produce, and obviously if McDavid scores a lot of times, it's going to be more production from for Dreisaitl, more points in his pocket. So I just I couldn't keep looking at it. So I think a 30-1 to one on, on him to win the Consmite. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, we said Oilers before game two, Oilers to win the series. Uh, I think that will probably stand for me here. But I would be closer on Edmonton anyways. Yeah, I think so. I think at worst, they'll probably come out of uh, LA with one game. The price looked about fair to me. I still think the, the Kings are a really good team. Um, so yeah, I really didn't have much on this. And then if I were to add, I think I'd probably be considering what I have in my pocket. I have the Oilers Western Conference, and that's looking like enough because it's kind of going to be a bit of a war, I think. Yeah, it's going to be a weird one with the way things have shaken out. Um, I think there's a couple teams, like it's been two games, so it's it's hard to say anything. But uh, da- I, of the teams that have um, people's tongues wagging, like, oh, this team could looks good too. I think a lot of people are starting to circle Dallas, uh, so which is interesting. Uh, the Leafs and Lightning split in Toronto. Both games were gong shows. And I don't think you could have we, we didn't like learn all that much from either anything new, I don't think, from either game because there was so little five on five time that was ma- that mattered because the lightning graced off to a three-nothing lead in the first period, throws the game, stayed all off, then the, the Leafs do it in the second game. Um, and there's just power plays and penalties and uh all sorts of stuff going on. So but what we do know is that the Le- the Lightning are banged up. Victor Hedman didn't play game two. Eric Chernak, I would assume is probably done for the next at least the next two games uh michael esamon who i thought was pretty good in that little cameo he's he had just in game good one. yeah he's a good he's player legitimately yeah. good. i was hoping like i honestly think he's a better player than Jano. i like think this is a lot worse than uh i mean it's a bottom six guy so it's not going to change this series the way it's going but like yeah i i really was wondering like if it would work out where Jano would steal his spot. I was happy about that as someone who's sitting here hoping that my Leafs tickets are going to be live because I really think Isomot's an underrated player. Yeah, he is, and um, yeah, so he's he's out Chernak and Hedman. We should say Esimont 
and Chernak because it was head injury. Like we have no idea, but assuming that they'll probably it least... pretty bad. I think. I bet. I guess who who knows? Yeah, you just you just don't know. If um, the and then head, nobody knows what what ha- what even happened to him. Nobody even knows. Like he just left the game. Cooper was said he was surprised, uh, and you wonder if they thought since they won game one, we'll just sit on him, rest him. And uh, at worst, you go back to Tampa with the split. And uh, but they're gonna need him. Uh, I didn't even think like the the, the T- Tampa's defense, their blue line was a huge issue tonight. It was it just it was a disastrous game. It just went off script. Uh, I like Radish, uh, Ian Cole is whatever, and Sergachev's a beast. But <laughs> yeah, Ian Cole's maybe a little worse than whatever. But uh, hey, did you we'll see him? Dang- see. How about the dangle though? Yeah, <laughs> I know that's the thing is like, I don't think Samson really like quelled the concerns. He just, I mean, they're up 3 0 so early, and, and he, uh, he just kind of made the saves he was supposed to, I guess. I, I still think like that's a scary thing for me in game in the games that get meaningful because they're not yeah. gonna be able to just pour it on and steal them. So, so I. I like the under here. Um, I'm assuming that Tampa is going to come out with a, and this one is is kind of based on on Hedman playing. I would say if 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 they can't get him in the lineup, you know we could see just another absolute you know gong show. But I would assume Tampa is going to want to just keep this game on script and slow it down and muck it up and you know get the Sorelli line out against Matthews and. You know, John Cooper is going to try to cook up whatever. Uh, and also, it's just we've seen 19 goals, 21 power plays, a suspension. I think yeah, there's going to be a lot. power plays slow down. Yeah, the power plays should probably slow down. Uh, the, the Leafs, I think, are cooking at 40%. The Lightning are like 36.7% too. So even if like, they don't slow down, so, at some point, someone's going to get a penalty, a kill or two. Um so I I kind of like the under. I don't think it's a bad game to bet to go to overtime either. Yeah, I think this one's going to end up being a lot closer. I'm I'm kind of leaning Leafs, but just not enough where I want to play it. And originally, I thought this was going to be a series where the under was a great play. I was on it in game one, which was an absolute nightmare. Just like last year, I thought that we'd kind of see them tighten up. But I don't know. I don't know if I want to go to it. It just feels to me like there's a lot of avenues like I think the Leafs they've got all their big guns going and I like that and I think it's still going to be tough whether Hedman plays or not he's obviously hurt fairly bad I'd say and to me it just seems like a lot both power plays are clicking I don't trust Samsonov I see the narrative because it's playoff hockey and they're two teams that have like these cores have proven they can defend but I'm like scared to go back to that well for yeah. now games are just I'm expecting so my thinking rail. here and then is... the other thing I like is that sometimes you can catch pretty good pretty good live unders like yeah. I, I find a lot of the time that boat you don't you don't miss it too badly if you're like kind of thinking that um I mean I guess you can if it goes like some of the Islanders Canes games but it feels like one where you could probably still like get there on that play if you want to see how it goes and then jump in the last thing like I'd add about that is just I I I we haven't seen Vasilevsky play to his powers yet. Yeah, um, that first Marner goal really surprised me because it didn't yeah. really, even on like replay, it seemed like it should have been that easy. I don't know if he's kind of surprised. It was kind of like a 
almost like uncharacteristic shot early in the yeah. power play possession for Marner, but it was kind of surprising to me. And we've seen it from him in series past where it just, you know, then all of a sudden he clicks. So we'll see if uh, people keep talking about this, the switch Tampa Bay lightning switch. They've got some mythical switch somewhere in their locker room. And I loved Vasilevsky staying in that game to keep that streak alive too. Yeah. He's a, he's a legend. Yeah. Um, Devils and Rangers now, and boy, howdy. Uh, Devils plus 115, Rangers minus 135, over under five and a half. If you were a Devils backer, if you're a Devils fan, you must be so frustrated with how this has come out because the game plan was there for you, right? You're the better five-on-five team. You should be able to, if you could get things to stay at five-on-five and get into some rhythm up and down the ice at five-on-five, you have, you can get the Rangers out of the game and take advantage of everything that you do well. Uh, and instead, the, the Devils have handed over 10 pen, uh, power plays to the Rangers. The Rangers scored on four of them. Uh, and and I think even that kind of underrates what the Rangers did because they scored right after one tonight, too. And they've had a couple like garbage time power plays where it didn't really matter. So like the, the meaningful ones they've just been clicking on. And the Devils just continue to shoot themselves in the foot. You could point to the Devils being a great road team this year if you, you're looking for some solace. And if you're a Devils fan, I don't blame you for doing this and just you know jumping through hoops to get there. Uh, it's just really hard to imagine after watching the first two games, it's really hard to just find the paths for the Devils to get back into this one. And uh, they, it's such a cliche to like say it. And sometimes I think, you know, people, underrate this element because uh how some like hockey media members pundits narrative spinners talk about like in experienced teams and you know guys like you know teams like the lightning and their their experience or whatever but it it does look like the devils are just completely yeah. overwhelmed but my beef with that is that there's all sorts of teams that come out and play like shit and this happens to be them the Kraken are playing unreal as a team. Like they're playing unreal team hockey when you consider the discretion and talent. And to me, it's just one of those things where it's a yeah. sweet narrative when it works. And it's, but the, you mean you look at that roster, the Kraken roster, they've got plenty of people who've kind of been through the the playoff ringer. Yeah, I suppose. Like, but like the I Devils, I think like I think the Devils things. are like an actual version of the the, the team that everyone pictures. When, yeah. when the snare, but I mean, there's up. so many. Like, you could sit here and go back and forth all day with just like teams that didn't have many, and they're all gonna have a couple guys. Every team's got 20, yeah. Guys I mean, they've got Palat, they've got Dougie Hamilton, like, they've got guys, yeah. but like, oh, I think don't when get you me think... started on Dougie, holy, he is a joke. Like, as someone who's sitting here hoping the Devils will make this a series, like, I, I don't think there's a guy that I disagree with the analytics more on than Hamilton in moments that matter. Because he's just lost. He's so soft. Like, it feels like he's been one of the biggest problems in this series. Um, yep. He needs to figure it out. And and Siegenthaler is going to come back in, I think. I don't really know how they arrived <laughs> at that decision. That seemed like a pretty bizarre one. And it's funny because I've talked, entering the when series, I, saw- I thought it was possible that Hughes would upgrade the third pairing and some of the guys that are not good getting minutes. 
I didn't think that Siegenthaler coming out was even on the horizon I of know. possibilities because he's it's, so far from what I would think is the problem on that team. It was just one of those ones that was just shocking when I that and the 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 Gustafson decision like just came out of nowhere. Yeah, and the even that one though, like at least Flurry was really good down the stretch. They'd been doing it as a tandem. I don't yeah. agree with it, but it was like there was a lane. I have no idea what the Siegenthaler thinking was watching that game one, where I thought he was fine. He was better than probably half his team. Yeah, I don't know, maybe he's sick or something. But yeah, that, that made no sense. If it's bizarre. It's just, and I was with Everything you. I thought that, like they put Hughes in for Ball, and that was be it. Not Brendan Smith in for uh, Siegenthaler. And then, yeah, I don't even want to get everything into it that could go just... wrong has for the Devils, and it just seems like they've yeah they've really just not everything that's gone wrong. Credit to New New York, they've done uh, they've done so much well, and you know I feel like I'm I'm almost smart and a complete idiot because I thought the Devils were going to give them a really good series, which was a horrible take. I thought that the Rangers power play was due to go off and that I couldn't believe that that unit wasn't going to be legitimately great. Yeah. And they, that looks like it could be something that carries them to a good run. I'm, I'm the one bet regret that, you know, I, I, I have is not going harder on that right now, at least. I mean, who knows how it ends up, but I I thought for sure that this, this series was not going to go long because just yeah, the- I think that that is going to, yeah. Now that looks like a pretty smart take because feels like even if, the devils pull it together they're not taking both in new york and i feel like you're getting a. if they play better they'll probably get a split so and this is part of the reason why i think like so the islanders are are down two nothing in the series and the devils are down two nothing in the series and the big difference here is like for the islanders to come back they don't they don't only have to outplay their opponent which feasibly could happen it could feasibly happen for the devils but they also have to beat a lot uh, a much lesser goalie. So, like, even if the Devils just tilt the ice uh, on on Saturday night and pump forty eight shots to Igor Shesterkin, like, there's a decent chance that it doesn't matter. Whereas, oh, like, for, for, sure. the, for the Islanders, I think that you know, even though they're a worse team than the Devils by by stretches, uh, if they do generally, you know, play to an even game with Carolina. The goaltending advantage should show up, and it should continue to show up throughout as the series gets longer and longer. So, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? It's we, the NHL, the Stanley Cup yeah. are not so. Yeah, there's a lot of randomness to it, it for sure. If you want to lean into that, but I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I agree. And from what we've seen from like the Isles, it seems like a fair argument to think they can make it a fifty-fifty game where they they play a you know, pretty sharp and give Sorokin a good chance and hang in there. Whereas like the devils don't look like they're showing no. much of that at all. And then you've got the fact with how uh, the Rangers power play looks, the devil's power play look, has looked pretty horrible. And that's just a lot of scary things. Yeah. Hockey betting season is here. So get in on the action with the King of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager, 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. 
Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah, or any other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Game three between the Avalanche and Kraken. Avs took game two. It's a wild one. Uh, 3-2 for Colorado. They'll now travel to Seattle as a minus 155 favorite for game three. Kraken plus 135 over under. Here is six. I, I don't mind a bet on the over here because I think that the way that these games have kind of shaken out, uh, yeah, they should really just be agree. flying over. Well, yeah, the, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think it is going to be a really good play. I thought tonight's game easily could have gotten a higher Georgiev looks pretty shaky and uh he he did come, he, he, Georgiev he made some really huge bad. saves yeah and then all of a sudden then, clicked into the, gear credit yeah. to the Kraken they still had some good chances like Colorado tilted the ice once I got down 2-0 and got it tied but the the Kraken had some chances going the other way like there was the three-on-one that ended with the Everlay shot and Georgiev came up with a huge save there so I agree I, I think and Seattle's not really trying to like sit back and play scared or like, you know, just try to hang around as like a huge underdog. Like they're attacking like they were in the regular season and looking fairly dangerous. So I, I, I agree. I think they're due for a game where both teams get to three or four. And yeah, yeah I like it. I, I, I fully agree. I think there's a good chance. Both You've been writing up uh, same game parlays on, on nationalnetwork.com for particular games. And this is one where I think like a, a lot a lot of ticket bet could that be could interesting. I, yeah for sure i because agree i, th- I just uh, think there's going to be pucks and bouncing the, back and forth yeah and everyone's going to want to see where mckinnon's shots are uh <laughs> yeah. because they're just like it, it seemed pretty free today because it was four and a half minus 130 i think it was the kind of game where like you see how easy it hit and everyone's been on this angle for two straight playoffs he finished at eight I almost wish he didn't hit eight because it's the kind of thing where like, I think that leads to more and more adjustment when guys are sailing over, but I don't know. It just, it seems like the Kraken are going to make the games close and then they're just going to keep skating McKinnon more and more. And that seemed like part of what turned this game was without fully diving into the usage. It felt like in the third, the abs had their top six and Taves and McCarr out the whole time. And it was probably just in part because they're all noticeable, but it just, it seems like they're going to have to keep leaning on them and keep leaning on them. And um, on top of that, Eller took a fairly bad fall. I I could definitely see him being uh, yeah. out for this game. He looked pretty hurt. So we'll see that because he's kind of actually, I mean, I don't personally rate Eller as well as the analytics do, but he's actually been one of the better pieces in their bottom six, which is shocking to me watching him in Washington this year, but um yeah i think i think that's something to watch here where it seems like the kraken have a pretty firm edge down the lineup right now 
Uh, we will wrap with Knights and Jets, which is still ongoing as we record. Vegas up 3-2. I think we have a pretty good idea of how these teams will match up, and it's tight. That's really it, and I think Hellebuck still will be the difference. Uh, if it goes back to Winnipeg 1-1, I don't think a bet on Winnipeg to win the series is a bad idea. Uh, that's how it looks right now. But I think we just both will remain pretty bullish on on the Jets, although the, the, the Knights did step up here, expectedly so. Yeah, they stepped up. I still think this is a, probably a game where I definitely can live with, it looks like it's going to lose, but taking the Jets at plus 145, and I'll, I'll want to see where they open in this game. Like I'm thinking probably pick um, would be my guess, but we'll see how much they move it and respect Vegas' performance here. I just think if the games are going to be this closely played, eventually the exactly. hell bucket is going to pay off more. And Versois had a pretty good game tonight. He held the minute early. So I'm kind of still writing that narrative that there is a decent edge there in goal, even though it hasn't entirely played out that way. And I think the Jets are playing quite well. So I agree. I'll, I'll be probably leaning towards trying to find some way to play them in the next two games and hoping the prices are pretty reasonable. All right, there you have it. Uh, another episode of Line Change in the books. Uh, you can look for us again on Monday morning uh, as we get you set up for the business end of round one. For Nick Martin, I'm Michael Lepoff. Thank you to our sponsors, BetMGM, and we will see you next week. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.